are Locked On Astros, your daily Houston Astros podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Locked Hola. On Houston Astros, and I hope that you join me for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talks Astros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. You can get Locked On Astros on the new pack podcasting app Himalaya as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. When you get in car, tell your smart device played podcast, Locked On Astros. Uh, and I'm being joined by Taylor Ward. Uh, you are the Locked On Angels podcast. I think this is the first show we've actually done together and we'll probably have to do a lot more throughout the season. But where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Taylor Blake Ward. Uh, and you got to you got to remember to add the Blake, because if not, people will think I'm the third baseman. <laughs> I, I thought you were at first, too. And so, yeah, then I was like, oh, OK, it's a, it's not him. <laughs> so um, before we get started, I'm I'm kind of have my blinders on. All I can see is what's going on with the Astros. What? Are people outside of Houston thinking, I mean, what do y'all see with this whole situation? I mean, does this change how you think about the Astros? Where's your mind right now? I mean, me personally, I, you know, I, I grew up watching these guys or not even grew up watching these guys. I've reported covering these guys, you know, when they were here, when Lancaster was the high A affiliate for the Astros, I got to know guys like Jose Altuve, George Springer, you know, all the guys that came through the system Alex Bregman, you know, me personally, um, you know, I think it's a real shame and I hope that their talent really is what their talent is. You know, when you look at what, you know, you go into the, the, at bat and you know, what pitch is coming, you know, whether it be a breaking ball or a fastball, you don't know if it's going to be a splitter or a change up or a slider, whatever it is, but little things like that, you know, you, you really hope that these guys do have the talent aspect and having that approach, you know, maybe their approach is going to change and maybe that's going to expose some things on some guys, but you know, looking at what I'm reading, um, you know, you see a lot of people that are frustrated with the Astros. They want to hit trash cans when the Astros are in town and things. And I think that's understandable from a fan perspective. I think when, you know, you get the fan emotion side of things. That's what kind of comes out. But, uh, you know, you just hope that it's not too ugly of a situation when the Astros come to town and you hope that, uh, you know, the Astros can be what they are. You know, you hope that Jose Altuve is a guy that maybe gets 3000 hits in his career. You hope George Springer is, you know, a five, six win player in his uh, lifetime, you know, or yearly, um, maybe not for, you know, the people that listen to Locked On Angels, the Angels fans, maybe they don't hope that. But, you know, as a baseball personality and as a baseball fan, I would love to see Jose Altuve, uh, Altuve be a 3,000 hit guy. Um, you know, a lot of people are bitter at Jeff Luno and uh, AJ Hinch and or Jeff Luno, I apologize. And, you know, Jeff uh, didn't have the greatest reputation uh, within baseball, but AJ Hinch absolutely did. And you're seeing that people are talking about AJ Hinch the way that he deserves to be talked about. He was a great guy. He was a fantastic manager and uh, you know, it is his responsibility to kind of, you know, take this away. You know, we don't need the trash cans. We don't need the cameras and he needs to be the voice of reason inside the clubhouse. And he wasn't. And obviously he's got the discipline for it, but you know, there's uh, AJ is still viewed as AJ. People really like AJ Hinch and for the right reasons. 
Yeah, if anything, he was he didn't have team control. He didn't have. I guess he he ha- he had a good relationship with the players. He was what they call a players manager. But at the same time, you got to be able to say no. You got to be able to say no. We're not going to do this instead of just bashing two TVs and them just replacing those. So yeah, it. I'm- Go ahead. Yeah, on top of it, you know, if Jeff Luno is saying, if you don't go along with us, you're getting fired, you know, AJ Hinch should have known that after a year or so, and he could have come out with it himself, but everyone knew that AJ Hinch was a special manager and he yes. had found a job immediately. How many job openings were there this winter or last winter? You know, AJ Hinch could have easily said, you know what? Okay, fire me. I don't care. And I think that the, the real shame of AJ is that. He never did say no, and I think that realistically, you've got to throw a lot of this on Jeff Luno, and also Alex Cora, and you know Alex Cora, another guy that we absolutely love and a fantastic guy. But you've got to throw the the blame at Alex Cora and Jeff Luno, and uh, you know I um, I'll let you go on, but I do want to talk about another thing when it comes to uh, Jim Crane. You know, congratulations to him. What a what a steal he got. Yeah, and uh, in terms of Luno, we don't know. Uh, we've been thinking all these years it's Luno, but uh, when Jim Crane did the announcement, he said Lunau. And so we're like, what the heck? We've been calling him Luno, and I've called Luno to his face, and uh, he never said anything. So, yeah, it was just a bad situation. And uh, the players, you see the players kind of responding a little bit, little by little, Um well, not really players yet, but I know there's a lot of controversy today. Uh, you were telling me before the show that you stayed off Twitter. It's probably a good thing. So, uh, But there's just going to be so much uh, fallout from this. And uh, I've been talking about this on my show for a while. I had a fan, somebody uh, ask before the show, are the Astros going to be able to win consistently? Every time they go to a different ballpark, they're going to have to answer the same questions over over and again. Is this going to get old? Do you think that this is going to distract the Astros, or uh, do you think it depends on who the manager is? You know, I think that this is part of the uh, discipline, is that they are going to have to deal with this. And, you know, whether you see this as uh, proper or improper with the players, the players are going to have to continue answering these questions. And, you know, someone asked me about this months ago uh, when this whole thing started coming out, as they said, does this – um, have an impact on Jose Altuve's legacy as a potential Hall of Fame caliber player. And I said, you know, I really hope it doesn't because, you know, you still have to you still have to hit the ball, whether it's 95 or 85, you know, it's not easy. Um, but no, it, it's going to be something that the Houston Astros are going to have to deal with for a very long time. And potentially, you know, we may be talking about a decade down the road here. We're still talking about this with the Houston Astros. Um, as for 2020, you know, I think it's to find out, you know, which players were real and which aren't because an approach at the plate is such a valuable thing to have. And if for the guys that maybe dug into this so deeply saying, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm waiting, you know, I know there's a breaking ball. I know there's a fastball and, you know, we're going to look at their home road splits, things like this, but the Astros, they're still a pretty good team. You know, there's no denying that what their development staff is doing, um, and you know what Joe Espada, hopefully Joe Espada is the manager of the Astros here. Uh, that's, I guess that's a hot take or an opinion on my own end, but I think that the Astros are going to still be a very good team in the AL West. And until you start looking at guys like Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve and George Springer, who are going to be on contract years here in the next few years, you know, until those guys kind of depart or if they do or don't, 
that's you know the Astros are going to be still a top tier team in the league. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at who the Astros coach manager needs to be. And I had somebody on yesterday that said, you need to make it be Espada, at least for the first half of the season. The players are comfortable with him. They know him. And uh, then take your time, find the manager that would best fit the best A.J. Hinch Jr. out there because there's no other A.J. Hinch out there. Uh, He can only do what he can do. But uh, at the same time, we got two other openings right now. And the Astros have to actually decide if they want one of these guys before the Red Sox, and we'll talk about it in a second, and before the Mets need to uh, go ahead and try to look for a manager. But we had a little bit of breaking news a little while ago. Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicles said that the Cubs have given the Astros permission to go ahead and interview Will Venable, uh, their third base coach. And so that's uh, interesting. He's kind of one of those young, up-and-coming kind of managers. He's never really done it before but this could be uh somebody that astros go after uh dusty baker said today that the astros have not reached out to him uh john gibbons was supposedly interviewed today so there's a whole list of people and uh i you you you're you're cover the uh angels and jeff banister is one of those names that keeps on coming up and of all those years with the astros versus rangers and that very tense rivalry I just don't see Bannister coming here, but he would actually make pretty good sense. And there's just I I think what Jim Crane decides to do from here will will go ahead and change not maybe not the five years down for road, but definitely change the outcome of the next two years because you got to bring in the right guy for this team. Yeah, and Joe Espada is so familiar with the players, and he's familiar with the system. Um, I think he's, you know, you talk about an in-house guy, that's the perfect match. There's yeah. there's no one like Joe Espada. I mean, Joe's gotten interviews from, you know, half the openings that have happened over the last two years. The biggest problem with Joe is the connection to the team that's there now. And if Jim Crane really wants to separate himself from, you know, the, the brand that is going to be, you know, quote-unquote cheaters, you know, whatever you want to call them, you know, that's sadly, that's part of what Joe is going to be attached to. And maybe you do have to bring in a guy like a Buck Showalter who's been through this before, or maybe you have to bring in uh you know, I don't think this name has uh, been brought up when it comes to the Astros, but maybe in Mike Sosha, a non, uh, no nonsense guy, or you mentioned Jeff Bannister. You want to talk about no nonsense. Jeff Bannister is fantastic. Um, I mean, you know, you, you have these uh, external candidates that they all are. When you look at the names that have been brought up, it's all veteran longtime managers who have dealt with some serious stuff in uh, their careers. Joe Espada has not. Joe Espada is very green, but at the same time, Joe Espada is the guy that knows what's going on in your system. And he knows what those players are going through and what they're understanding, what they know about the game. I personally, I think Joe Espada is the perfect match. Yeah. And uh, to kind of take a break from the cheating uh, for a second, let's talk about some good news. George Springer did sign, uh, I guess he avoided arbitration today by agreeing to a $21 million deal. He filed for 22.5. The Astros filed for 17.5. So there's a little bit of a difference there. So I guess the Astros were like, you know what? Uh, We need something right to happen. And George Springer is that player that everybody – you don't want to piss off. 
So go out there and just try to do as much as you can. I know they saved a million dollars based off what he was asking for, but maybe that could help them get underneath the luxury tax threshold. But looking at the uh, Astros right now, are they still the best in the West? I think so. I don't think, uh, I mean, the angels are, uh, definitely improved their offense. You know, Anthony Rendon, one of the top 10 offensive players probably in the league. Um, but their pitching still is a woe, you know, there's still problems with the pitching staff. And, and I think that you have to really prove something with that pitching staff before you say that you're going to contend for the West, uh, Oakland, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get with them. They develop so well, but you know, is uh, Jesus Lazardo and AJ Puck really going to be the answer for that rotation? And obviously their offense is fantastic, but, you know, Houston does look like the most well-rounded team right now. And I, I think they are going to be on top of the West here this year. And, you know, pending what, you know, other teams do maybe next as well. Holy crap. I just looked at the locked on, I'm locked on tournament and uh, Cody Bellinger was leading Fernando Tatis Jr. by big margin but then the Padres fans started rally and now they're leading. And so the Dodgers podcast is like, wait, wait what just happened? <laughs> and so this is awesome. I mean, this vote has 471 votes. That's pretty, that's a lot, but uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And um, my thing is with George Springer, especially this guy, once he hits free agency, there's no way the Astros can afford to, bring him back and that was that's why I was hoping that he would sign an extension that's why I hope that they would just do that but I don't think that's going to happen and at this point does he want to come back I know he he has a lot of friends on this team but do you think that uh, players will avoid Houston at as a designated place uh, for agents I guess uh, because of this whole cheating scandal you know, a job's a job and an opportunity of the championship is still there. So I don't know if a void is the right term. Um, I think that when it comes to Jim Crane and whoever he brings in as general manager, I don't think they're going to be taking on some big qualifying offer guys because, right. you know, you lose those, uh, those draft picks and, uh, you know, you lose your third, you mentioned the luxury tax, you know, the, it's like the Astros really has to stay below the luxury tax because suddenly you lose your third round pick. And then, you know, you sign a guy with a qualifying offer over the next two years here, or, or then I guess next winter, technically you suddenly lose your third pick, your fourth pick. So I don't know if avoid is the right term, but yeah, there's going to be some red flags when it comes to coming to Houston. Yeah. So who is your favorite Astro? I know you cover the angels and my favorite angel is Mike Trout. Be quiet, Astros Twitter. I still love the Astros, but Mike Trout is something special. So who do you root for when they're not playing the Angels? Oh, George Springer. I, I mean, um, I got to watch quite a few of the Astros guys come through single-A ball when they were here, and that's how I got to know them pretty well. But George Springer was definitely the guy above the rest. Um, actually, the the day – so he was uh, – I was a broadcaster in the league, and he came into town, um, and I told him that day, I said, hey, you know, I voted for you for Cal League MVP this year. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And um, he uh, went up that day, went 0 for 5 with five strikeouts, and then he was on a plane to Corpus Christi that night heading to double-A. So, no, uh, I, I really like George Springer. Uh, Jose Altuve, you know, I can't say enough about him. I, I keep mentioning those two guys, I think, the most. Um, but those two guys, I mean, I, I really like Justin Verlander. I always have. I think he's uh, someone that's outspoken in the right way. I think baseball really needs a guy like that. 
Um, but I, I absolutely, it's, you know, it's gotta be George for me. Uh, I, I know the top end of the Astros rotation is probably a little bit stronger than the angels, depending on health. Uh, but, uh, what do you think the rotations compare in general? Uh, the angels and the Astros. Yes. Oh, night and day. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Shohei Otani is exciting, but they're not going to get him for 200 innings. They're going to get him for maybe 120. Um, Andrew Heaney, you know, has to take that next step to be something. Griffin Canny, just a young guy who is very green, you know, has to learn quite a bit as he moves forward. Um, I think he's a, you know, I think all these guys are fine pitchers, but suddenly, you know, I'm trying to think of the Astros rotation right now, but, you know, I would much rather see the back end of the, Astros rotate, or I'd rather see the Angels back end of the Angels rotation if I'm facing them as opposed to the Astros back end there. Um, because it, I mean, is Forrest Whitley coming up this year? It seems like he might be up here. Um, the Angels don't have a Forrest Whitley coming up, <laughs> you know, they, they have to go find guys like Dylan Bundy, Julio Tehran, Man Andres, and see if they can fill. You know, maybe the Angels make a trade before spring training here, and that's really the difference. Maybe they go get John Gray or Robbie Ray. Um, and that really would put them in contention for, you know, I think that realistically could put the Angels in, in in the conversation of at least fighting for the West, at least fighting for that wild card. But I think the Astros rotation is absolutely superior than the Angels. So today, Carlos Beltran stepped down from being a Mets manager. And uh, from what I read somewhere, it was more of a the Mets wanted him to step down and uh, so I don't know what happened there, but now three managers have stepped down because of the whole Astros stealing, uh, sign stealing controversy, and also uh, Lunau, and then a couple other G. I mean, um, and Tobin. I guess that's a different thing. But uh, do you think that the Mets did the right choice? Do you think that he would have been a big distraction? Not necessarily Beltran, but his presence and like everybody always asking him about why did you cheat? If he was here in Anaheim, it wouldn't be a problem. If he was in Miami, it wouldn't be a problem. He's in New York. That's simple as that. And you know, whether or not, I mean, yeah, there probably would have been a conversation. And if it's, you know, the investigation shows that Carlos Beltran had some kind of impact in this, then it's different. But uh, unless the Mets had that information, the only thing that I see the difference being is that it's New York. Simple as that. Uh, speaking of which, uh, what happened with Brad Osmus? Was it more uh, of just what how he managed the team, or was there something else going on with him? Um, you know, I, I've been kind of open thing, saying that I don't think Brad Osmus was that great of a manager. But the fact that Joe Madden was available, uh, that was the easiest. You know, yeah. Artie Moreno, the owner, wanted Joe Madden. And Joe Madden's got a big say in the room, and uh, yeah, no, it, it was it was an ownership decision, no matter what uh what's said. As bad as the Astros controversy is, it's nothing compared to what happened last year with Tyler Skaggs. Um, I know we learn learned later that opioid opioids issue, but um, is that something that was a big distraction last year, or did people kind of the players try to rally around it and? Uh, what's what's going on in the situation? Uh, is uh, the federal government still investigating? Uh, yeah, it seems like the DEA is still involved, kind of trying to figure some pieces. There's a lot of uh, unanswered questions. Um, the uh, Skaggs family's hired lawyers. 
Um, you know, MLB's got its own investigation into this as well as the DEA. Um, I don't have any sources with the DEA. I think that's actually a good thing. Uh, the fact yeah. that I'm not in communication <laughs> with them. Um, no but yeah, no, um, you know, the team re- wanted to rally, obviously, you know, losing a teammate like that is, uh, horrendous. And, um, Tyler was a great guy. Yeah. I can't, you know, he, he, uh, called me a few hours after my mom died just to see how I was doing. That's the kind of guy he was. Um, but outside of that, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know if distraction is the right thing, but the emotional toll, we, we talk about the physical toll of 162 game season. And when you add emotional toll on top of the physical toll, you know, I, I'm not going to say, I don't think anyone would say it's an excuse for the angels. I don't think the angels would even say it's an excuse for them. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was a pretty big emotional toll that, that did take its uh, part during the season. And, uh, it's, Typically, the rotation with the Angels, it seems like the lineup is normally pretty strong. Uh, I know you've had um, Albert Pujols uh, kind of having hot and cold years, but um, having Mike Trout in that lineup has got to be awesome and fun to watch. Uh, but uh, I know that uh, Beltran's niece, you can't see me, but I'm doing quotation. Uh, this is somebody that Gary Sheffield's son thinks is a player. Uh, this is a burner account or something but he predicted that Beltran would quit and he's predicted several different things. And he's obviously is close to Beltran. I know the Beltran family says that this, this guy, whoever this account is has nothing to do with their family, but uh, it's just weird. All the stuff that it's, it's like a witch out out there, Taylor right now, everybody's trying to find dirt on other teams. And uh, the reason I bring it up is uh, they mentioned that Glaber Torres probably had some type of wire uh, going down his leg. Uh, maybe it's some type of buzzing device. The Astros, uh, Jose Altuve, uh, this person accused Altuve and Bregman of having buzzers during the playoffs this year. And that's why Jose Altuve didn't want to get his jersey taken off because they wear it like uh, up in their left chest. And uh, then there's this picture that came up with uh, Josh Reddick uh, having a piece of confetti that's attached to his necklace and everybody's like, there's the wire, there's the wire. And it's just, it's crazy out there. And I even saw today that they brought Mike Trout's name out. Scott Brocious son said that the league knows that uh, Mike Trout is on HGH because of a thyroid issue. And he's been doing this for two years. It just seems like everybody's out to get the other team. I just want to play. I just want baseball. That's all. What I don't. I don't want all this crap. I don't want players attacking each other. I mean, when Ty, when uh, Lance McCullers and uh, no Alex Bregman and Trevor Bauer were going back and forth, that's fun. That's cute. But when everybody's attacking each other, it's just it. This is not baseball. No, I. I mean, it's all. I don't know how family rated your show. It's a load of crap. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, get the FCC involved, but it's a load of crap. Um, you know, it's a real, it's, you get these external sources, you know, if a player is saying something, then it's a different deal. You know, that's, you know, that's the direct source. If a organization or the commissioner's office is saying something, that's a very direct source. That's where it is. Um, I, I I don't buy into the petty stuff. I don't. I I never have. And um, you know, you, there's all kinds of different things that you can see and say. And um, you know, this is a 
country with free freedom of speech, but sometimes that freedom of speech is a load of junk. So, um, you know, uh, no, I, until there's uh, concrete proof, you know, if you've ever listened to lockdown angels, speculation is I've, I've said it very many times. I I'll never speculate. And, uh, I, I don't think it's very fair to, uh, anyone to have these kind of things come up and, and, you know, tamper a, uh, um, what do you call that? A, uh, reputation. Yeah, and even with Mike Trout, even if that was true, who cares? I mean, if if it's for a health issue, if it's something that he needs to do so he can stay healthy, then who who knows? Uh, but uh, I think he did enough before the past two years to warrant already being a first ballot Hall of Famer. And so I don't, I'm not going to look too deep into this, but it just seems like people are not satisfied with the Astros' punishment. What what is it? What is the uh, feeling over there? And then I have one more question about your Dodgers friends um, to South, North, where they are to you. <laughs> uh, for me, it would be uh, 70 miles West, but um, the, so you're asking about the, the feelings out here about yeah. the Astros discipline. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean the $5 million, uh, that's the maximum allowed. I mean, I, I wanted to note on this when it came to Jim Crane, you know, he bought the team for $680 million and now this team is valued at 1.7, $1.8 billion. So you're talking about a 1.1, $1.2 billion difference from when, you know, and obviously that's not the money that he's seeing, but you know, 56 most valuable franchise in all of sports in all of the world. Uh, Jim Crane comes out of this looking like a, a genius, you know, it, whether he knew about it or didn't, I mean, gosh, you want to talk about a winner in this situation. It's him. Um, $5 million is nothing, but that's the the max. Um, as for the suspensions, it's sensible. Um, you know, AJ and, and Jeff, the one year suspension, I think, um, you know, I think people are just wanting to see this stop. And hopefully these suspensions are something to where it does stop. I don't know if Jeff will ever have a job in baseball again. Um, I think that's more based on his reputation. And I think it's the opposite yeah. for AJ is that he's got such a good reputation. I think in a year that phone's going to start ringing. Um, the draft picks, losing your first and second round pick is huge. And we saw this with the Angels in 2011 and 2013. They um, because of forfeiting these picks from qualifying offers, they didn't have a for two. They missed two first and two seconds between 2011 and 2013. And you saw where their future was going with the farm system. Now, the difference here is they still got talent from Albert Pujols, CJ Wilson, Josh Hamilton. And, you know, you could argue where that kind of dictates itself. Um, I think the biggest thing for me personally is I was surprised there wasn't a hit on the international funding. Um, or the international bonuses. I, I was really surprised there, especially the fact that they took the draft picks away and didn't impact that because the Astros don't have limits now. You know, that can be their way of building the farm system and building the future. Um, I think, you know, personally for myself, I think that's where I would have said, you know, hey, where's this? What's missing here? Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people want more, but that's their opinion. Uh, my opinion personally, you know, if you would have added another year of draft picks, I think that would have been like, okay, that's, that's getting pretty deep there. Um, I'm not going to say it's excessive, but it's close to, but I, I the uh, international spending and uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy the players didn't get suspended, but I feel like there should be some kind of form of discipline there. Um, but I, I can't, I, you know, I couldn't tell you what that is. So I don't think it's fair for me to say. Yeah, especially with the international market kind of being the uh, bread and butter for Jeff Luno. Uh, he, he never 
really, especially once he let Bobby Heck go, uh, he did. He never really had great drafts. I mean, you had the Alex Bregman draft, and then uh, Kyle Tucker was part of that. You had Lance McCullers and all that stuff. But uh, he, in the last few years, the drafts have been kind of suspect. And I know they're kind of near the end of the draft as well, but. Uh, it just, I think that he's found some bargains in uh, like Yuli Gurriel. And I know Alvarez is not really the same situation, but he was able to trade for him. So if you really wanted to hurt the Astros, I thought they would have taken international pool money away. So. Yeah, I was talking to Jeff Ellis about that. Or I, I believe it was Jeff Ellis who's over at Locked On Indians. And uh, him and I have both covered the draft together for uh, over half a decade now. And um, what he was saying is, you know, you look at the Corey Lee pick, you look at the J.B. Bukowskis pick, you know, they send them to these lower levels where they can kind of inflate their statistics and suddenly their trade value spikes and they trade these guys off. Seth Beer, one of those guys. And, you know, maybe that's what the Astros are doing is, you know, they're looking at their window of success, which is, you know, it kind of started in 2017 and they go out and say, Hey, you know, we've got five years to win as many world series as we can, or six years to win as many world series as we can. So we're going to use these trade ships like Seth beer and JB Bukowskis. And yeah, maybe we found a way to overvalue them. Um, you know, not in the draft, but turn them into overvalued prospects and trade them away. So I think actually it's kind of smart watching them do this. Uh, I will say this, the Corey Lee one, that was a big surprise, big surprise. Well, we're so desperate for a catcher. We, really don't have any catchers Garrett Stubbs is the best that we have and he's uh, a backup at the best on the on the best best day but it just yeah they it was a desperate need so they're gonna have to basically ride Martin Maldonado for two years and hope that Corey Lee is available to come up so um, I want to also talk to you about um, what's going on with the Dodgers I know Dodgers fans are a little upset after being cheated out of two straight World Series uh, wins. Uh, I know that they're also thinking about suing the Astros. There's some fans, not the Dodgers, but fans are actually trying to rally to sue the Astros for beer, popcorn, uh, nachos, anything they bought at games, the tickets, of course, parking uh, for uh, basically going to a game that was rigged, so to speak, and then I saw that the city council is wrote up something to try to get the MLB to get award the Dodgers the 2017 World Series and the 2018 World Series uh, champion uh, trophies. And I'm just like, what? What would any of that change? I I don't get. Uh, you didn't win it, so why do you want it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I. Uh, I know plenty of Dodgers fans. Uh, I talk to them daily, you know, some of my best friends, uh, you know, I, I talk to them and, uh, I don't know. I, uh, you know, you, you can't take away the title. And if you do, you can't give it to someone else who didn't right. win it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing I'd like to see more than a world series title come back to Southern California, whether that be the Padres, Dodgers or angels. But at the same time, you can't just give the Dodgers the world series you know, or two of them, even for that sake. Um, you know, I, you're going to see all these kind of grievance hearings with the Astros, you know, players saying, you know, I got sent back down to AAA because of this, or, or you're going to see a fan saying, you know, I spent $250 on a ticket on a, a so-called rigged game, you know, but 
like I said earlier, you know, you still got to hit these pitches, even if you know what's coming, you still got to do it. And, uh, the Dodgers had the same opportunity to do the same thing. You know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse because they didn't, but yeah, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I don't have an opinion, a strong enough opinion on it to where, you know, I, yeah, you could take the titles away from the Astros. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, it's fine to me. I think that's fair, but you can't just give it to someone else. Yeah, uh, that's why I don't get it. Even if they took away from the Astros, why do you deserve it? You didn't win. And um, so I know the Yankees are uh, upset as well because in 2017, if they had home field advantage, for, um, uh, they would have probably had those four more game, the four games at their home, and they probably would have won because apparently the Astros were cheating at home, and that's why they won all the home games. But I still don't – this is for another day, Taylor, but – I still don't understand how the Astros lost all these home games in the freaking World Series against the Nationals. It 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 was something that just blew my mind how they looked terrible at home and then they played great on the road. So, uh, Taylor, where can they find uh, you on Twitter and where can they find your work? Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Taylor Blake Ward and uh, go check out Locked On Angels. I I know that uh, it's a um, quote-unquote rivalry between the Astros and the Angels, but uh, I promise you it's unbiased opinion, you know, so if you want to learn a little bit about division rivals and uh, have some fun, go ahead and check us out at Locked On Angels. I have one final thought. I'm so glad Garrett Richards is no longer <laughs> on your... Oh, man. Because he killed uh, the yeah. Astros. <laughs> he killed the Astros Garrett's for so guy. long. <laughs> yeah. G. Rich, he's a good guy. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining, and uh, we'll have to catch up during the season. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to the show on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. When you get in your car, tell your smart device played podcast, Locked On Astros.